The Stage Door Show. Celebrating the independent artist. With your host, Dave Hondell. Hi, this is Glenn Jones, and you're listening to The Stage Door Show with Dave Hondell. Hi everybody, this is Dave Hondell. Welcome to the Stage Door Show tonight. It's an honor for me to have tonight's guest. Uh, he's an R&B legend and a Grammy-nominated producer and artist. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Glenn Jones. Welcome to the show, Glenn. Hey, thank you, Dave. I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we're both uh, children of the 80s and and uh, we love R&B music. So just, you know, again, I just can't thank you enough for joining me tonight. Wow, you know it makes me feel good, you know, because uh, uh, it's been said that R&B is dead, but I don't believe that R&B will ever die. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, you know, you've recorded some of R&B's biggest hits, like We've Only Just Begun, The Romance Is Not Over, Stay, Here I Go Again, and the list goes on and on. Uh, but you really started in the gospel arena. Talk about that transition from gospel to R&B, and did that... Uh, help give you more exposure in the mainstream uh, music world? Well, I uh, I grew up in church, you know, with my mother. Uh, she was uh, heavily involved in the church, Pentecostal church, so that's actually where I started my music career. That's where I uh, honed my craft, you know, in church. And uh, as I got older and... Uh, started listening to R and B. Uh I wanted to uh I wanted to broaden, you know, uh my music so that's when I started, you know, thinking about doing R and B and actually it was because of a gospel album that I had done. I wrote and uh, I wrote this gospel record, uh like ten songs and Norman Connors he heard it because at the time I had a manager named Louise West, and uh, she was friends with Norman, and she played my gospel record for him, and he was getting ready to do a new project for Arista, and he wanted to meet me, and he met me. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a difficult decision, you know, after singing gospel for so many years because... Um, you know, you 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 got a certain mentality. You're in a certain mindset. You know uh, that you know uh, singing um, singing uh, uh, you know secular music uh, is not in line with you know the beliefs that you're taught in church, particularly in a in a Pentecostal church, you know, Holiness Church. But uh, I decided to step out and. Um, when I started doing R&B, I wasn't writing that much. I mean, when I was doing gospel, I was pretty much writing all my music. But I wanted to, you know, really get the gist of what, you know, R&B was all about. And after a couple of projects, I just started writing R&B because I realized that writing R&B was pretty much the same as writing gospel because I was just writing about about love, you know, and uh, uh whether it's love between a man and a woman or, you know, uh, 
it's a spiritual love. It's you know, love is love. So that's how I got my start. Now, being a native of Jacksonville, Florida, you know, who were your musical influences when you were growing up? Were they local or were they people on the radio or what were your your biggest influences growing up? Well, they, you know, they were people on the radio um, because, uh, you know, even though we weren't allowed to listen to secular music, you know, uh, coming up, but, you know, whenever, you know, my mother and my father went to the grocery store and my brother and I, we were at home, you know, we would uh, turn on the high fires, they used to call it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, he would be the he would be the watch out guy, you know, watch for them coming back and I would listen to you know uh you know uh Bobby Womack and Donnie Hathaway and Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin and Gladys Knight and all those people so you know um I was influenced by them and also I sang with a group when I was a kid there was a group from Jacksonville Florida called the Biven Specials and uh the Bibbon Specials traveled all over the country as an opening act for most of the major gospel groups. You know the the uh, you know the Mighty Clouds of Joys and Shirley Caesars and Blind Boys and you know the Dixie Hummingbirds, all of those people and Caravans. So I got a chance to see a lot of great singers at a very early age. At, you know, at what point did you, Glenn, at what point did you just know that, you know, with your talent and your voice, that music was going to be a career for you? At what point was that? I I knew it very early on, man. You know, I I, uh, I didn't know how far it was going to take me, but I always knew that music was the most important thing to me. I mean, I started singing when I was about five years old, five or six years old, and I loved it. And by the time I got to the age of 14, I had formed my own group, my own gospel group, and I had started writing songs. I learned how to play guitar, you know, and I started writing, you know, songs. And, uh, you know, the older I got, the uh, the more I was convinced that, I, you know, this was going to be my life, you know. And uh, by the time I got to be... 17, 18 years old, I I, I met uh, a famous gospel singer named James Cleveland, the Reverend James Cleveland. And he heard me sing, and uh, I played some of my songs for him. So he was a, a big artist at a record label called Savoy Records. And uh, I was out in California with my group. You know, we used to just get in a van. We had a 12-passenger van, and we were all young guys, man. We would just get in a van and travel and go wherever, you know, not knowing, you know, how much money we were going to make and we were going to make enough money to eat and, you know, buy gas. You know, we would just go and, uh, you know, kind of be, uh, you know, uh, kind of be at the mercy uh, of the goodwill of people, you know, different churches and stuff that we were saying. And sometimes we knew people in certain parts of the country. So long story short, uh, I met Reverend Cleveland, and he took me in the studio, which was uh, Ray Charles' studio at the time, and uh, out in California, and he recorded an album on me, you know, and I wrote, you know, pretty much most of the songs, and I did a, uh, I did duets with him. I think we, he and I sang about three songs together on the album, 
and that was really the beginning of my recording career. You know, and you know, you've you've said, and and I've I've, I've seen this written that that you said that. You know, you design your music to reach a wide group of people. You know, if you can broaden your demographics, I think it's really, uh, it really makes you relevant for many more years in your career. So talk about that. Talk about the fact that your your demographics, I think, reach a wide span of different people, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah it, it does. And it uh, never ceases to um, amaze me, you know, how wide, you know, I've uh, been fortunate enough to travel to many, many places in the world. And the music that uh, that I do or that I've done, I've recorded, I've written, uh, it's uh, it's reached a lot of people. And even right now, you know, even when I go out, you know, <laughs> even though it's been a while, <laughs> you know, with the yeah. madness of this pandemic, you know, but even when I go out, man, you know, I I have such a, you know, I I have like you know people from their early 30s to people in their 70s that come to my show, you know, and they, they, you know, the younger people, they love what I do. They, you know, tell me stories about how they grew up on it and how they came to love the music, you know, because of their parents, you know, their mother and fathers used to listen to my music all the time. And uh, it's a thing, even whereas now, you know, even people that, uh, are really into, you know, the spiritual, you know, gospel, you know, aspect of music. They appreciate my music, you know, because I guess of the lyrical content, you know. And uh usually I'm I'm uh, categorized as a balladeer. You know, cuz I sing a lot of love songs, but when I go to Europe, man, you know, like I've done quite a few records and people over there, they don't put me in a box like that because most of the music over there that, that I've done that they love are dance tracks, you know, up-tempo tracks. And here in the States, you know, people are mostly uh, used to hearing me do, you know, a nice mellow, uh, like a nice groove-type ballad track, you know. So uh, I, I've been I've been fortunate. So, Glenn, talk about that. You know, you talk about touring Europe and, and I just had Sybil on the show recently, and we talked about that. That um, overseas, you know, there, there's there's uh, there might be a difference in in the audience. Everybody obviously appreciates the music and loves the music, but what do you see? Do you see a difference over there when you perform over there versus performing here in the states with with the the audience? Yeah, I, I see a big difference. You know, like over there, you know. Uh, a lot of times, the, the the records and the songs that have have given that have get, given you notoriety here in the states, you know, the, the hit records, they enjoy some of them too. But they go deep into the into the albums, you know. Uh, they go into what we consider to be, you know, the B side cuts. You know, those are big records with them over there. You know, they they like what they like, and then the uh, appreciation that they have for you as an artist is um is phenomenal you know over here in the states we have so much and we're constantly looking for the next thing the next thing uh but over there they have so much respect for what you do and it's not it's not about you know the uh the age thing you know it doesn't matter how old you are 
you know, it's about, you know, the quality of the music, you know, and, and the songs that move them. And they're, they're very knowledgeable, you know, when it comes down to knowing, you know, who wrote the song, you know, what year you cut it, you know, even down to the liner notes, you know, who played on it, who sang on it. They know all of that stuff. And uh, it's, uh, it's a good feeling because, uh, you know, we don't get that, you know, a lot over here sometimes. What, what's your most memorable moment in the music business? Looking back, ooh. Uh, well, fortunately, I have a few of those, but um, uh, one of the main ones uh, was when I played Radio City and I played Caesars, and I'm standing in the wings, and I hear Aretha Franklin say, "Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Glenn Jones." You know, that was amazing. I mean, that was the queen of soul, and I always loved her, and I was always a fan and never, you know, never dreamed that I would get a chance to, you know, walk on stage and sing, you know, with a or the orchestra, you know, with the queen of soul, you know, or when I was on Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show with Dionne Warwick and they introduced me and I walked out or when I first met Dionne and, I was uh, living in New York at the time, and uh, she was uh, working on a project. She and uh, Bert Bacharach had gotten together. They hadn't worked together, I think, for about 11 years, and they called and wanted to know would I take a meeting. So I went uh, to uh, Bert Bacharach's uh, penthouse, you know, on 57th Street in Manhattan, and I'm sitting there with Bert Bacharach and, uh, and Dionne Ward, you know. Unbelievable. Wow. That's incredible. You know, and also, uh, you know, I read about an interview that, that you uh, that you gave, and uh, you were at a concert in Chicago, and you were having a conversation with Peebo Bryson. Can you recall that conversation, what Peebo said? Yeah. I mean, you know, Peebo, I have uh, always been a fan of Peebo's because uh, I uh, started listening to his music, you know, you know uh, even before I started doing R&B myself. You know, and I was always a fan of his, and he told me this story about this conversation that he had with Luther Vandross. And Luther told him that there were three great crooners, you know, left. And Luther said, of course, himself, Peebo Bryson, and Glenn Jones, you know. Wow. I was like, you know, wow, you know, because I, 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 I knew Luther, you know, I, I I had met him, and um, my wife, my wife, her name is Genovia Jeter, and uh, she had uh, done quite a few sessions with Luther. She she did uh, background vocals on on a few of his records, so I would take him, I would take her. I'm sorry, take her to the studio for her session, you know, and I'd leave her there, and I'd come back and pick her up, you know, at the end of the session, and I get a chance to, you know, talk and kick it with Luther, you know, joke around or whatever, but. Uh, it was uh, it was an amazing thing to know that uh, he uh, he uh, enjoyed what I did or respected me to that to that level, you know, as an artist, you know. Well, Glenn, let's talk about Genobia. Uh, you have a new project called Love by Design, the EP, and one of the singles called Trust in Me. 
uh, features Genobia, and it's getting Grammy Award consideration right now. Let's talk about that track. Yeah, that uh, that's been uh, uh, one of my favorite songs lately. I mean, you know, uh, I've always uh, enjoyed singing with her. I, you know, I have quite a few uh, duets that I've done with her down through the years, and she's always worked with me on you know on my records. Uh, whether she was singing background vocals or we were doing a duet or whether she was, uh, you know, co-producing my, my vocals, you know, some of my vocal stuff on my record. I've always trusted her judgment. And uh, this song was a song that I had written um, a while ago, and it just seemed so appropriate, you know, when everything kind of went sideways with uh, the pandemic, you know, and so many people were going through so many things, you know, as well as myself, you know, it's uh, it's been difficult, you know, um, because uh, I haven't been able to do what I've always done and the thing that I love, you know, not to mention the thing that I do to make a living, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. I just, uh, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to put out, something, you know, uplifting and positive and spiritual. You know, I've, I've, my album is done, you know, which the title of the album is Love by Design, but I, I wanted to come with something, you know, that was going to encourage people. All your bills are due, feeling lost and confused. Where do you go? What do you do? When it seems my hope is gone Remember you're not alone He's always standing near He'll wipe away your tears Trials and tests will come But I know there is one Whose love will always be He is here for you and me Oh, it truly cares You can go to him in prayer He's your friend Your friend until the end oh, trust, trust in me Through all, through all your, your fears yeah. Trust in me Down through Through the, the years And I I will lift you up To heights Never seen lessons you won't believe. If your heart is broken, you can come to me. Lay your burdens down, I will supply your needs. Yeah. Should I come to give you life? Give it abundantly. Yeah, I'll come for you, yeah You better 
before I put out, you know, the complete project. And I just thought it was a perfect time. But uh, I often tell people that I wrote that song, you know, not only for the public, but I wrote that song to encourage myself, you know. The first single, Love by Design, features Grammy Award winner Regina Bell. And I know that you did a duet in 2001 called From Now On. And this is the first time since that time you actually did a duet with Regina. So talk about that song. Well, I, I've known Regina for a lot of years because uh, her brother, Bernard Bell, who's a great songwriter, he and I had worked together and we were friends. We, uh, Bernard and I uh, wrote, co-wrote, uh, we collabed on um, I've Been Searching and a few other things. So, uh, you know, uh, Gina and I have always been cool. So when I was working on my my current project, uh, which was uh, the song Love by Design, the title track, was written by a guy named James Day. And he sent me the song, and when he sent it to me, all I could hear was Regina Bell singing. I could hear her just clear as day singing it. So I uh, I called her, and I told her about the song, and she said, send it to me. I sent it to her. She loved it. And the next thing I know, we were in the studio. which uh, is an amazing record, too, because uh, my good friend Barry Eastman, who's, uh, you know, a Grammy Award winning 
platinum producer, songwriter, you know, he produced that song and co-wrote it. Uh, so uh, it was it was good to just, you know, reunite with her. And we've done a lot of dates together. We toured together. We did a tour in South Africa some years ago together. And, uh, you know, we just, you know, we communicate, talk sometimes, and, you know, we always enjoy getting together and doing a gig together. Well, I definitely love From Now On, so I can't wait to hear this one as well. Um, you know, Glenn, love, the Love Jones Foundation, I want to talk about that because this is something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, we do a lot of, uh, we push a lot of uh, foundations and programs that, that uh, gear, uh, you know, music education towards the youth and also, um, like, you know, looking at your foundation, it also helps music, music therapy for the elderly. So talk about your foundation and, and how people can get involved with that. Um, the Love Jones Foundation, um, uh, came about um, because, you know, my mother, she used to always support me and encourage me. And uh, in later years after my father had passed away and, you know, uh, my mother, you know, uh, she never remarried. You know, she spent a lot of time, you know, just, you know, involved in the church, but a lot of time by herself. So I remember she came to me one time and asked me to, uh, to record some some music for her. So I went in the studio and I recorded about five gospel songs, you know, just me singing and playing guitar, you know, some gospel stuff. And uh, that was her, uh, that was her company keeper. You know, that was her comfort zone, just listening to that. And I, I saw how it kept her and encouraged her. So, and my mother was always the kind of person that was always trying to help people, you know, um, she was actually a missionary in the church. So um, after she passed, I I wanted to do something in honor, you know, uh, of hers. So um, we started the Love Jones Foundation, and and, and we uh, basically we ca- we set it up to uh, cater to the uh, forgotten seniors, is what we call them, and also to uh, encourage you know young people, you know the kids, you know that have musical, uh, you know, uh, aspirations, you know, and just to, you know, share different things with them, you know, the history of music and um, just, uh, you know, trying to uh, encourage them to pursue their musical career. So we would do workshops and stuff, you know, PowerPoint presentations, you know, because a lot of the music that a lot of the youngsters hear now they think it's brand new, but it's not, you know, it's, it's from back in the day, you know, it's just, you know, it, uh, it's recycled, I guess you could say. So we do that. And then I, I go into, uh, go into a lot of the senior citizens, uh, facilities and I'll take a little rhythm section in there and we'll, you know, we'll raffle off gifts and we'll, you know, I'll play from, from uh, Sam Cooke to Nat King Cole to, you know, Frank Sinatra, whatever, you know, do some gospel. And they, they love it because a lot of them, you know, they don't get that, get that love and they don't get that attention. And, uh, you know, just, you know, I wanted to, you know, uh, do something, you know, positive, you know, to help somebody. And I go home and I, I sleep so great, man, because I know I've done something that day besides trying to make a buck, you know. And uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, 
you can reach us at uh, lovejonesfoundation.org. I'm sorry. Love Jones. Okay, yeah. great. Foundation.org. Yeah. And, you know, just to check out what we do. Yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely put that on our website as well so we can we can push that foundation. I just think it's tremendous uh, in, like I said, just up our alley. So I appreciate you, you talking about that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, you know, being, being in the music business for over 30 years and uh, really you've gone through all the evolution of music, uh, the music business in the world from, you know, the 80s till, I mean, where you had to make, you know, a vinyl record and then it went to cassettes, eight tracks, cassettes and CDs, and now it's all digital download. So talk about that um, evolution and, and how that's affected you. Well, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, I was talking earlier about, you know, when I go to Europe and places like that and the fact that they still love the vinyl, you know, it's just something about the sound of it, you know, um, has a certain presence. You know, we know digital is very clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The sound of the vinyl, people love it, and they pay a lot of money to even collect it, you know. Um, and I've seen different times where I would, you know, be, I would do an event, and, you know, I have a line of people come up to the table and they've got like all of these big 12-inch vinyl records, man. And, uh, you know, mostly it's funny because, you know, people are like, wow, man, that's you? I'm like, yeah, you know, I got on the, the crazy, you know, clothes from the 80s and, you know, the crazy hair and all of that stuff. <laughs> but um, it, it, it reminds me that I have, you know, um, been able to sustain myself from that point up until now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it it really has changed, but it's it's great to see to see you still out there performing and and recording, and and it's really amazing amazing stuff. And uh, you know, like I said, I'm a huge fan. My wife as well. We we have your music playing here in the house as part of our our uh, <laughs> our playlist. Um, before we go, Glenn, I wanted to just have you kind of talk to our, our listeners, like I said, who are independent artists and, you know, what kind of advice can you give our, uh, you know, up, up and comers from uh, in the independent world that, that listen to our show? What kind of advice can you give from your experience? Wow. Well, you know, it's kind of hard, man, because, you know, things are so different now, man. I'm, I'm like, man, I, you know, if I was an artist just starting out now, I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I would say, you know, um, try to be self-contained, you know, try to develop, you know, your own path, you know, as far as songwriting, you know, uh, you know, try to, you know, uh, set your own template, you know, and also uh to that own self be true, you know? I mean, you know, I, I I've been through all of those decades, all those periods, and people would say, Well, why don't you do this and try to do that, you know? But you gotta know who you are as an artist and you gotta believe in that, trust in that. And also you gotta be open. You gotta be open to, you know, to uh new ideas, open to you know, different methods of recording and, you know, but just make sure at the root of it, you know, that there's a foundation, that there's a real song there, 
you know that's 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 coming from me, I guess you know from the old school cat, but that I believe at the end of the day it's all about the song, you know that's what I think. Yeah, that's that's great advice, and I really appreciate that. Um, you know, Glenn, I I can't thank you enough for taking the time to uh, come on the Stage Door Show tonight. Uh, again, just a big fan, and and really, uh, you know, looking forward to the new work out there, and can't wait to to hear the new singles, and you know, keep us informed, and we'll definitely push anything out there uh, to our audience that we can. And you know, again, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me, Dave. Uh, I'm really excited about the new project. Uh, I think it's a great record, you know, all all 10 songs of it. I uh, got a chance to work with some incredible people, you know, like uh, Chucky Booker, you know, he, he produced two songs on my album, you know, and then I have one song that's featuring uh, Kim Waters, uh, uh, even uh, Nick Coleon is featured on one of the songs, and of course, you know, um, Regina Bell and Genovia Jeter, and my my niece, uh, Iyana Crawley, who's an amazing singer, she was uh, Sunday's best uh, winner for 2009. So I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna love it, man. So when we we released everything, you know, maybe you can get back to me and let me know what you think. Glenn, I can't wait to hear that, and uh, we will definitely push that on our our show. So again, you know, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Stage Door Show tonight. It's been a real pleasure and an honor. So thank you so much, man. You know, you know the way. You know, radio and everything is now. We need guys like you, man, and I, and I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to even speak to you about my project. Oh, thank you so much, Glenn. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. All right, Dave. God bless, man. Be careful. Someone else It could never be 